All right, you ready? Yeah, come on. Now, don't get on here and start lying. Lying? Who lying? We're going to stick to the script. Marriage, no cap. Welcome back, guys. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. I don't even know what what episode this is. We're just cooking. Keep rolling. Okay, let's do it then. (laughs) So today we decided that we're going to talk about speaking to one another with love. And I I learned this from you. Um, I didn't get a grasp of this and I never understood it until you broke it down to me. So break it down for the people. So tell me what you like before I like dive into this thing. Why? Why do you think this this subject is important to talk about? Because I feel like people take their childhood traumas, their experiences, their um, just how they they grew up in their relationships and carried over into their marriages and other relationships. Yeah. So just because you got hurt in this relationship doesn't mean this person going to hurt you. Or when Ooh. you when you get to a certain level, like, you know, you get a certain age and, and, you know, your childhood and your parents and your family, like you don't you shouldn't take that hate and that that trouble that passed into a new relationship. Oh my gosh. And it kind of damages you. And so when you talk about maturity, you talk about development, you talk about breaking barriers. You, you've taught me that you can say anything that you want, as long as it's within love and, and, and not just with a good intention It's it's specific love and intent. That's crazy that you like everything you just said, I feel like is just a, Eh, eh, like a jab at me <laughs> no it's, it's me no, like, no, no, it, no 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 i'm saying because of what i've been going through with friendships mm. and it, like lately it feels like when people try to be my friend i'm like mm, i'm good because of everything that i went through in the past with friends things that i've went through recently with friends where i'm just like i don't want to have to deal with that anymore like i'm i'm in my peace i'm in mm. my home and my home is my peace and whatever else and while that may be very true i have promised myself for the last 2 or 3 years like i'm going to do better about finding friendships i'm going to do better about like actually becoming friends with people and like hanging out with people and and whatever else. And I have failed to do that because of fear based off of past friendships. And most recently, some like really messed up things that my best friend did to me. Right. Supposed, supposed to be my best friend. Right. And we're not friends anymore, mm-hmm. apparently. Which I didn't make that decision. That's, you know, a decision that she made. But it was, it was that that kind of like tipped me over the edge where it was like, you know, for the last two or three years, that's been my, um, I mean, not really new new year's resolution. Cause we don't do that, but it's been like a goal for me mm-hmm. is to find more friends and actually like, you know, have an open mind when it comes to like hanging out with people and, and whatever else. But I've been so hurt because mm-hmm. girls are mean. Women is mean. <laughs> it's, it's hard. It's really hard to do. And I and I feel like the the lesson that you taught me was you have to stay in your truth and you have to you can always say anything because if you hold it and bottle it in and you don't say it that makes you more uncomfortable yeah and that makes you more vulnerable to other attacks yeah to where you might be holding something that others can't see and then something so minuscule so small could affect you. And tip you off balance because you're holding this stuff in. Yeah. And you're not really being truthful with who you are and, you know, really being consistent. I mean, honestly, if we're being 100% honest, that's what happened with her is that she just 
I mean, it was just like one teeny tiny small thing. And um, it kind of like destroyed the entire relationship. Mm -hmm. And I do. I like pride myself on saying what needs to be said and saying it in love. I'm very communicative. Mm -hmm. um, But there are times where I have shut down because of things that's happened in my past. So I had a friend um, at work, actually, and we had some communication issues and we decided that, or actually I take that back. I decided that I wasn't going to put up with the miscommunication that happened. Sure. You know, it wasn't her fault. It wasn't my fault. It was like literally some miscommunication, but instead of like being communicative with her, I decided that I was just going to cut their friendship off. And I did it in a way where, again, I pride myself on speaking and talking mm. um, and making sure that we can communicate in any relationship that I'm in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I made sure that I had that conversation with her. And so I was like, I don't want to have to go through this. Like my, my piece is my piece and I'm staying here. I don't owe you an explanation. Um, but I'm going to give you one anyways. Mm -hmm. And I cut it off there. And then we didn't talk for like 10 months. No, it wasn't 10 months. was it? Yeah, it was was 10 months. Yeah. It was last May. Um, actually I take that back. It was eight eight months, eight months. We didn't talk for eight months and I finally realized because I was in a friendship with someone um, and I, that I considered my best friend. They did some really crazy messed up stuff um, and literally like just cut me off. And it was mind blowing. It was mind blowing the way that she reacted to something so small that we could have communicated about. Right. Um, and she literally just cut me off for the dumbest thing ever. And it was one thing that whenever we became like really close, we got really close. She said, the one thing that I don't want you to do that has hurt me in my past in friendships is ghost me. Mm -hmm. And I said, I swear I will never do that because I pride myself again on communicating. And so that's exactly what she did to me. She ended Mm -hmm. up ghosting me um, and cut me off. And we just haven't spoke. Um, And then I look up one day and she's like unfollowed me on Instagram and made me unfollow her. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess that's over with. And so it kind of dawned on me. I was like, wow, like I cut off a friend without communicating with her or let me say over communicating because we did communicate that we weren't going to be friends anymore. But I was like, I didn't over communicate that. Right. And so I was like, okay, I need to go to her and I need to apologize Mm -hmm. because I feel like that's, that's the adult thing to do is to go to her and apologize. It's the Christian thing to do to go and apologize. So I text her and I was like, she ain't gonna know who this is. Like she's going to text me. I'm like, no, who phone who's this? (laughs) Um, And so I was like, let me, let me like figure out what it is that I want to say. So I sat on it for a while. I came to you. We had the discussion and then I went back to her and I was like, Hey, like I just need to apologize. I need to apologize because I didn't allow you to like actually explain yourself. I just was like, I'm not listening to your explanation. I'm cutting you off because I feel attacked and whatever else. And it actually was just a big, huge miscommunication. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, yes, let's meet. And we actually went and met um, and had like an amazing conversation. Mm -hmm. We both missed each other. And it was just a great, it was a great conversation. And I'm so glad, I'm so glad that I got the advice from you to like, because I was like, do you think I should just leave this alone? Or should I just go and apologize? Like, I'm not trying to be her best friend. I literally just want to clear the air. You ain't got to be the nigga's best friend. Who? You ain't got to be the nigga's best friend. (laughs) This is about business. Listen, okay, Franklin. 
And so I was like, I don't want to like, like, I'm not trying to like, you know, catch up with her and be like her best friend or anything. I was like, I just want to clear the air because I know that I was in the wrong. And the thing about it is that I knew that she was in the wrong and that's why I cut the relationship off. But when I went and we had the conversation, nobody was actually in the wrong. We just didn't communicate. We didn't over communicate. So like in this, in the process of you getting started to like bring this back up. Yeah. And like what in preparation of this, like, cause you taught me, like you can say anything that you wanted to say as long as you say it with love yeah, and love intent. And what did you do to prepare for that? Oh my gosh. So I actually thought about her and so the incident with my best friend happened in September and I actually thought about my friend that I'm talking about. I actually thought about her like around Christmas time, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I didn't go to her until February. Yeah. Um, And the reason I'd done that, it took me so long was because not out of pride, but it was basically out of fear. Because I was like, if I go to her and she's like, she never answers me. Like, am I going to be okay with that? Mm. And I didn't think about it, you know, every single day, every second. It was just something like maybe once a week I thought about it. Mm -hmm. And so I had to prepare myself to be okay with whatever response she gave me. Mm. So it took me a while to actually go to her and say, hey, I need to apologize to you. Because I didn't want to go to her and with my tail in between my legs and be vulnerable. And then her be like, screw you. Like, you're trash. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because she literally could have told me kick rocks and went about her day Mm -hmm. because of the way that I cut her off. And also she thought at the time she didn't do anything wrong. She just thought I cut her off just because I was emotional, I guess. And at the time I'm still thinking that she did something wrong, but I just want to clear the air. I'm not trying to be best friends with you. I just want to clear the air because I know I was wrong. Two wrongs don't make a right. And so I, in preparation for that, I prayed about it. I prayed about it a lot. Well, actually, I take that back. I didn't pray about the situation. I didn't pray about me going to her. I prayed for her. Mm-hmm. So in the process, I prayed for her every time I thought about her. So mm-hmm. that once a week that I was thinking about it, I just went and I prayed for her. And I was like, God, I don't know why this situation is on my heart, but I cast her up to you. And mm-hmm. I pray that she is healthy and well and that things are going her way. And I just pray that you bless her. Sure. Um, and then I started a new devotion in December. So that's probably something that, you know, triggered it again as well. But it is a devotion that is like a year long devotion. And I want, I've been wanting to start it. And I just felt like I couldn't commit because it's a year long. Sure. Um, but I finally was like, I'm going to commit. It was the beginning of December. I was like, I'll commit now. So I have like a month. If I, you know, throughout the year, I skip a couple of days, I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And just want to report that I am on track. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, a couple of days I did have to do five days, but <laughs> I am on track. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I was like in preparation for like being able to like go to her Um I I prepared for it without knowing that I was preparing for it. Mm -hmm. So I think God was actually preparing me for it. Sure. So in December, I started doing this year long um, devotion. And I one day one of the devotions was like, it's crazy because the devotion was speaking to everything that I was going through during these days. Mm -hmm. So if I had skipped a day. And then I went like I had skipped a day and then I read the next day or whatever. I was like, oh, let me go back and read yesterday's. It literally had something to do with what happened yesterday. Mm. And it could be as small as making a decision about eating healthy or as big as, you know, 
submitting a report or something for work. Mm -hmm. Um, Like those are huge things to me. So that devotion actually spoke to that day. So I was like, dang, I I wish I would have read this yesterday. I Mm -hmm. wish I would have stayed on it. So that's actually helped me too. But so I started the devotion and it had given me um, some things to think about. And that was one of the things that I thought about. And I thought about her and this, I thought about the situation. And so I just prayed for her. So every time it happened, every time I thought about it, I prayed for her. Um, Every time the devotion spoke about friendship or, you know, had something to do with like enemies, because I was thinking she probably thinks we're enemies, you know. Um, And that's one of the scriptures that popped up was um, the devotion. And the scripture that popped up for the devotion was um, pray for your enemies. Like, don't don't curse them. Mm -hmm. Bless the people who curse you. Right. And so I was like, well, let, you know, that's one of the situations. So let me pray for her. So I prayed for her during that. Um, and then finally I was at work one day and it was like heavy on my heart. The situation was heavy on my heart. And I was like, I think I'm ready. I, th- I just think I'm ready yeah. because, you know, I've prayed for her and I haven't spoken to her. And I was like, I have got to the point where I'm like, if we never talk again, if we're never friends again, then I'm okay with that because I've done my part. Sure. And I became okay with whatever outcome comes. Mm -hmm. So if she never answers me, if she tells me, screw you, if she tells me kick rocks, or if she says, I've been waiting on this, you know, whatever she says, I'm ready for it. Yeah. And so I remember I text you and I'm like, Hey, like I'm ready to do this. And you're like, okay, that's, I think that's fantastic. Go for it. And I was like, what am I going to (laughs) say? Like, what do I say to this? And so we had a conversation about it and I was like, okay, so I, at this point, I don't care if I'm walking into the situation with my tail in between my legs. Mm -hmm. Like I wasn't going to walk in like, I forgive you. And it doesn't matter if you forgive me or not, because I wasn't bitter about the situation. Mm -hmm. I wasn't, you know, feeling some type of way. If I felt any type of way about anything, I felt a type of way about the way that I ended it so quick without letting her get a breath in. Mm -hmm. And at this point, without speaking to her on the day that I was going to text her and apologize for the way that I left, I still thought that she had done something wrong. Yeah. I still thought that she was in the wrong for the way that I, or the reason why I ended the friendship. Mm -hmm. And so I text her. And, um, a few hours later she texts me back and she's like, thanks for apologizing. I would love to sit down and have a conversation about this. And I was shocked that she actually did that because again, I don't have good track records with friends (laughs) when it comes to like situations, you know what I mean? Like if they are, I'm just, I I really pay attention to people Mm -hmm. and I feel like if they're shady, I just would never walk towards that. Yeah. So maybe I shouldn't have been shocked because she's not a shady person like that. Yeah. I had just been hurt in the past and it was like, I'm, I ain't doing this. Mm -hmm. Like the first sign I saw of anything I ran. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, we sat down, we had a conversation and it was easy for me to be vulnerable at that point. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I told her, I still, she was like, when did you realize that I didn't do anything wrong? I was like, Oh no, I still think you did something wrong. (laughs) I'm like, but I just want to clear the air because I'm willing to forgive. Like I have a very forgiving heart and I I want, I want to forgive you for that. Mm -hmm. And then we broke down the conversation, talked about it even deeper and she didn't even do nothing wrong. Mm -hmm. I just didn't give her time to explain. Right. Um, so when you're talking about like, like saying what you said prior to, 
I was feeling, okay, so he's talking to me because when it comes to friendships, I'm not, I'm not the first one to dive in head deep into, you know, these friendships and, and open my heart up to women so that we can like, you know, have a friendship. Like I've, I'm the first one to run because I have been hurt so much Mm -hmm. by women and it's hard to make adult friends. It's so hard to make adult friends. Mm -hmm. It's interesting to, to hear that and to see the journey. So like, what do you think, like since you started your devotion and kind of you, you work this way through um, with your friend, like what's next? Like what's the next thing for you? And, and, I want you to answer, then I'll, I, I have something to say about it too. But I want to know, like, what do you, like, what's, like, what's your new revelation after conquering? Cause you basically went over a hurdle. Like, you, you, you've conquered this. Like, so, like, how do you think the next, like, opportunity is going to come up in the future? If I'm being honest right now, I'm being really cautious with her. Um, and, I don't think that's fair to her. Mm-hmm. I really don't think, I don't think that's fair to her. And I laugh. It's not a funny situation, but I laugh because like, I know, I know what I'm doing and I really shouldn't be doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm very cautious with her because it, the situation, mm-hmm. even though I know that she didn't do anything wrong now, mm-hmm. um, it's still new. Yeah. So, um, but I, again, I know that that'll eventually fade. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not beating myself up for feeling the way that I'm feeling. I know that whenever you have a feeling and like, it's something that you want to change, mm-hmm. um, you can pray about it and, and be proactive about that thing, but the feeling may not go away immediately. Mm-hmm. So I'm just continuing to be friends with her, walk into this friendship and, just try to open myself up even more to her mm-hmm. um, just as time goes on. Um, and I know that that feeling like the cautious feeling will like fade away. Yeah. Um, I'm also trying to make friends with other people at this point, just so that I can just open myself up to, yeah. to more people really, sure. I guess. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. And it's crazy because I mean, you know, I'm always the one that's like, you can say anything as long as you say it in love. Like, I think I think where that stemmed from for me was I want to be told the truth no mm-hmm. matter what. Mm-hmm. And I know that sometimes when people tell me the truth, like it's a difficult thing for people to, to do, number mm-hmm. one, mm-hmm. especially if the truth is like a hurtful truth or if it's a like a harsh truth. Mm-hmm. Um, but two, they may not know how the other person's going to react. Right. And so I have always wanted to be told the truth because I've been lied to a lot in my life. Mm-hmm. And it's always like, it stems from like childhood trauma, obviously, mm-hmm. um, where I had been lied to so much as a child. Now that as an adult, I'm like, I'm willing to take any news at this point. Mm -hmm. So you can tell me anything you want to say, as long as you say it in love and I'm going to receive it. Mm -hmm. So even like with you, I've been like, if you want to tell me something and you're not sure how I'm going to receive it, like be like, Hey, I want to be vulnerable with you. Mm -hmm. And that's going to soften my heart to be like, I'm open to hear whatever it is. I know that this is difficult for you. Mm -hmm. So, um, even if it's something that's like hard, like, I want you to be able to like talk to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's where that stems from. But, um, 
it's I've definitely used it in lots of relationships other than ours. Right. I feel like I've seen you like weather this storm and weather other storms here recently where it's strengthening our relationship in the same vein to where a st- like because, you know, you can storms come and you can see the storm coming like you run the other direction. Yeah. And it's like, all right, I'm not staying here. I'm going to go this way to get out of the storm. Right. And this situation and, and then to our situation and our relationship, I've seen you weather the storm and you grow strength by that, by you letting the rain hit you, seeing the clouds roll over your head, getting dark. And then like, okay, I'm going to stand firm in this and then still like, okay, this is how I feel. Yeah. And not, and I'm not saying you like you run away and you know, never come back. I'm just saying like you, you, you're planted. Yeah. Like you're, you're rooted to, to say, okay, I know this is going to pass and I can move on after this and I can move on with caution. Right. I can move on with, um, with intent and, and, and say like, yes, I can do this. No, I can't do this. And it's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I get that. Like, I understand that. And you're saying yes, yes. And no, and not just saying no for just the sake of no. And I've seen that progression in you. And it's really great to see because it's allowing you to just get more chances. You know what I mean? Like chances to grow and chances to explore yourself and extend yourself and show like your talents and your passion and your love and your, your true self. And I see that in you here recently. And so I know like, you know, the, the, the word says counting off joy when you fall on various trials and tribulations. Like I've seen that work through your life to where even though a situation didn't work out in your favor, you've used it to strengthen yourself. Wow. That's wild. You saw that in me? I did. With me? I did. <laughs> wow. And it's where, okay. again, okay, it's where, <laughs> again, it's where, it's where like okay, <laughs> new opportunities came up because you would have missed them or been delayed because you would have ran. Right. Or you would have just not, you've seen the storm, like, I'm not going to be close to that. Like, I'm not going to, to blah, blah, blah. But I think in the situation, like with your friend, like for you to say, hey, you know, I want to, I want to come and I want to apologize. That's a sign of maturity and development to say, I know two wrongs don't make a, a right. Right. And me keep doing this is not who I am. Right. And so when you say like, hey, I'm going to do this regardless of ever what happens, if we be, we're friends or we're cordial, whatever, I'm still going to do it regardless. I'm going to do it anyway. I'm, I'm going to do, do it anyway. Because anyway. <laughs> that's who I am. <laughs> but it's one of those things where it's like, regardless if it's going to be good or bad, it's good for you because you're going through the storm. Right. Wow. And, I, and I've seen that development recently. And it's, 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 it's inspiring. And it's, it's. It's it's where like you 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 see this and like man that's really cool to see the progression. It's like you see a plant grow from when you the seed to you start to see harvest and, and and it's really good to see, and it's inspiring to to keep progressing and keep you know just putting your faith out there to to keep progressing. Well, thanks, babe. Absolutely, it's crazy because when we sat down to talk, she was like, "I have never had someone who was in the wrong like come to me." As an adult and apologize. And that's crazy, right? Yeah. That's crazy. It is. Like for, for you to not have a grown up mature relationship or conversation with another adult. Right. To say, Hey, I know this happened. I was in the wrong or and we miscommunicated. Yeah. And I'm here to clear that up 
regardless if we want to move forward or not with a relationship. Right. And I feel like that's the mature thing to do to um, just live our lives. Right. Just seeing that progression in you has been super, super inspiring and just super, super fun to see. Thanks, babe. Um, It reminds me of like my mom. She has never apologized in my life Mm. until like I was an adult. And I remember the first time she said, I'm sorry. I was like shocked. Yeah. I was like blown away because I I think black moms have a reputation of not apologizing. Has your mom ever apologized to you? Mm. Like for anything. It literally could be like she made a mistake. Like my mom would just like, I don't know. She would just like ask me if I wanted ice cream or she would like try to do something else, you know, like Mm -hmm. she would like show a way of apology, but she never actually apologized and said, I'm sorry. Like the, to have the words come out of her mouth, I'm sorry was so foreign, Yeah, but it was like when I was an adult. Yeah. Going back to what you were saying earlier about, you know, if, if you're not going to have those tough conversations, you might as well not speak again. Right. And it being really, that's really heavy and really difficult because we're supposed to have these tough conversations and that's how true development and true maturity happens. I feel like, yeah. Like Like how do you develop without those? Yeah. Like I I feel like, you know, when you're, when you're a child, like you, you're, you're a baby, like you have milk because you don't have teeth. Mm -hmm. But then when you start to grow teeth, like you start to chew on things to strengthen the, the, your, your bite and you're able to handle, you know, actual food and comes up with pain. Like, yeah. teething is is hurtful to children and but then when they're 15 years old they're eating a steak right and we have to go through those tough transitions that cause us pain to really understand yes there's there's fruit behind that like there's there's so much potential behind those tough conversations to where we we can express our feelings and have emotions and deal with our emotions but then we're also dealing with them in a healthy way yeah. where we're being pruned in a way where there's room for growth and there's room for development. I think growth is hard in general. Like growth is not supposed to be this soft thing that you go through. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. like we have to like when the, um, let's say a plant is growing, like it goes through a stage where like seasons, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like where all the leaves and stuff fall off and it's like ugly looking. It's Mm -hmm. not always pleasant right growth you remember when you were little and like your bones and like your legs ache Mm -hmm. and it's because you were growing Mm -hmm. you know what i mean Mm -hmm. teething like anything that has to do with growth a lot of times majority of the time growth is not pretty and growth is like grimy and it's like painful Mm -hmm. but i think that like obviously you come out on the other side of that and you're bigger and you're better and you're stronger and you're healthier and it was worth it all sure Absolutely. I feel like the strongest people that I know in my life has been through something traumatic, something hard and not just once, multiple times and reoccurring. And cause that teaches you so much adversity, so much, you know, grows your faith and it grows an understanding of like, Hey, I can get through this. I can weather the storm. I can yeah. keep going. I can progress it. And it's amazing. And, and I think that's a, a trait that you should look for in relationships as you look to develop and grow relationships. And I feel like those tough conversations, if you can have those early and often that'll grow and, and multiply in the relationship and allow opportunity for development and potential. 
I think it's and and that's the thing like when you're talking about um like growing in love and and you can say anything as long as you say it in love like those two you know are one and the same right Mm -hmm. and it feels like you don't get that a lot from people who are religious Mm. and that's tough that's Mm -hmm. really tough like that's why we pride ourselves in having relationship and not a religion because in relationship, you can have those tough conversations and be able to grow in and morph into what God's called you to be. Mm-hmm. But it's like in a religious, um, I mean, you don't, I don't even know what to call it because it's not even a relationship. It's not something that you can, I don't think anybody can really define who they are in a religion because it's critical thinking. It's not even critical. What's the word I'm looking for? It's, it's man-made. It's, yeah. it's, it's saying like, and you, you have should to do be this perfect. because I can do it. Yeah. Like not everybody can do that. And that's the thing. We're not all the same. That's the same thing about like Catholic priest, um, molesting children. At some point, the, the Catholic priest was supposed to take a vow not to have a wife, not abstain from sex. Like it, it was this holy position. Right. And God, you can directly tie that back to, um, the Bible and eunuchs where that is something that God gave desire, like desireless people a position. Yeah. And so when you have a position and tradition happens and religion happens, some of the people try to qualify for the religion that mm. can't qualify. Yeah. Some people are trying to do something and try to be something that they can't based off of so many different factors. Yeah. And then you have the wrong person in the wrong position or the wrong friendship or relationship at a wrong level Mm. and you can't that relationship is going to be damaged because that person can't handle the altitude wow and it's not that you're better or or they're worse or whatever it's just they're in the wrong position yep they're in the wrong place at the wrong wrong time place at the wrong time at the wrong or right time like yeah either you'll catch it because it's in the right time you get to see it or it's the wrong time and you try to take them everywhere and you can't take them everywhere wow that's wild that's revelation right there. Dang. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate too. And and a lot of those people, I hate to say it, but they're sometimes they're family. Yeah. Sometimes they're, they are your parents, your, your siblings, your cousins, you, you know, it, you just have to be able to keep them at bay or it's going to damage your growth and, and your, your potential to, to continue to grow. And I think sometimes it's the people in the church too, mm-hmm. because if we're being honest, if you take something to the church, they're supposed to help you with it. Absolutely. They're not supposed to condemn you. And then like remind you every single time they see you that you've done this bad thing. Like that makes people not want to go and confess their sins. Like, to mm-hmm. other human beings. And I'm not saying that you have to, or you don't have to. I'm just saying like, that makes it where you're like, I wish I would have never told you anything because that's how you look at me now. And that's, that's the, 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 the plan of attack for the devil to say, I'm going to isolate you to make you feel like you're the only person going through this. Yep. But if everybody was talking about it and nobody was judging anybody, it would be a room full of porn addicts. And they'd right. be talking about it. Right. And then they'd be like, oh, you know, it's normalized. Be a room full of drug addicts. Right. Be a room full of, you know. Adulterers. Yeah. Like it's, it's the the sins go on and on and on. On and on and on. When we don't talk about it, we internalize and say, I'm the only one dealing with it. Nobody understands my situation. Right. But when you start to talk about it, people will understand. And that's a tough conversation to say, hey, 
What's the reason why you did certain things? Why did you do this? Why did you do that? Because that one instant or that one thing is not going to lead you. We kind of hinted about it this morning in our Bible study is the devil tempted God in, in the, um, tempted God after, um, he was baptized. Yeah. And the first thing he tempted him with was food. Mm. And he's, and it's not the food was the problem. It's your relationship with food. Wow. And it's not the, it's not the, you know, if, if your thing is like shopping or your thing is whatever, it's not the one sip of alcohol that, that made you an alcoholic. Right. It's not the, the drug that made you be a drug addict. Mm-hmm. It's not the image that you saw online to make you addicted to porn. Right. It's that you, you started down this path and you didn't stop it and it led to other things and you started to fulfill other feelings to that thing. Wow. And it was like, God, God was hungry because he said he was hungry. I fasted yeah. 40 days. I was hungry. And the devil came. The first thing he said, why don't you turn this stone to bread? Like, wh- what do you mean? Like, if you wanted him to do anything, right. like, why did you do that? And right. and we started talking about it this morning. It was like, he did that intend to say, you know, God said he was hungry, so he was weak and vulnerable because he hasn't ate because he's human. And if we do those things, it's not the the one act of you being hungry it's like, what would you do for the, for, for the bread? Mm. Would you, would you give up who you were for the bread? Would you go and chase and be out of pocket because of you were chasing something else? Wow. And so we do that oftentimes by running away from tough conversations, not being true with who we are. Right. And we water down ourselves, try to fit in this nice little silhouette so people can, can accept us, accept us. Yeah. And it's hard because, uh, I mean, let's not let's not forget those tough conversations where it comes to anxiety or it comes to depression or it comes to, you know, like any of those those things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be like big. Trump. It can be something that's like small that no one can tell. Mm-hmm. It could be something that no one will ever see unless you show it to them. Yep. And I think that people should be proud that they went and they try to get help or that they went and they are looking to someone to, especially in the church, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Especially in the church. I think that it's commendable for them to go and seek someone who can help them with their anxiety Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of times like I got anxious before going to church Mm -hmm. because I have social anxiety Mm -hmm. and I don't think that it's wrong for me to admit that I get anxiety when I'm in a crowd and I'm expected to socialize with that crowd. If Mm -hmm. it was somebody and I was going and I don't know nobody and whatever else, I'm totally fine with that. But it even happens when I go to Walmart. Mm -hmm. It happens when I go to Target. It happens where I go anywhere. If I see somebody and I have to socialize and I'm not in the right frame of mind, Mm -hmm. then it will give me anxiety. And I think that like when, when I mentioned something about like being anxious at church, mm-hmm. it was looked at like, oh my God, like you must not be praying. Like something's wrong with your relationship with God if you have anxiety. And True. that's so false. That's false. Yeah. That is a false narrative because I personally believe for me, myself, this is not for everyone, that on a regular basis that anxi- me having anxiety is a a nudge for me to pray Mm -hmm. because I'll have physical anxiety and I've learned that if I start praying immediately when I have physical anxiety, it goes away. Mm -hmm. It will go away. But there are also times where I have like 
major anxiety mm-hmm. and it is like so overpowering that I start to get like I start hyperventilating. Right. You know what I mean? Like I have an anxiety attack mm-hmm. and or a panic attack. Mm-hmm. One of the two. And in that time, in that moment, you're not thinking, oh, I need to pray. This is a nudge to pray. No, I'm thinking like I don't want to die. Right. And it feels like I can't breathe. Mm-hmm. And you like you're panicking even more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that if I go to somebody and I'm like, hey, these things are happening to me, like I shouldn't feel ashamed that I'm a human mm-hmm. and that these things happen to me. They happen to I there was like a study that I read a long time ago and it talked about how many people in the world have anxiety or struggle with anxiety or have depression or struggle with depression. Mm-hmm. And the numbers were insane. It was overwhelming. And I never realized that because the enemy always wants me to make it feel like I'm on my own. Mm-hmm. Well that and that's the thing too is like, yeah, sometimes when you pray it works and that's what it's supposed to do. But you're supposed to be multifaceted. You're supposed to have multiple weapons. You're supposed to have multiple tools. Sometimes it could be where you need to, uh, you do, and I'm not saying like you don't, but you do. You listen to praise and worship. Yeah. And you listen to a sermon or you listen to music or you go and talk to somebody or you go and do something like you take a walk outside and you get to be in nature and be quiet. There's times where you put your phone up. Like there's other things that you do because that one thing that you do constantly, like you said, you prayed. That's not going to work every single time. Right. That's not going to be the same, like the same weapon that you pull out every single time. You got to have option two, option three, option four, option five, and really being self-aware about what this is to really tell you what you need to do. I couldn't agree more. And I think that if, if that one of those options is for me to go talk to somebody, I don't need to be condemned Mm -hmm. when I'm like, Hey, I have anxiety or like anxiety is something that I deal with. If I'm opening up and being vulnerable to somebody, I don't need to be condemned. I have a friend at work and I was recently just telling her that I told her sometime last year when I met her. Um, and I don't know why I felt led to tell her that I have social anxiety Mm -hmm. and her reaction was taken so well. Like she was so open about it Mm -hmm. that it made me feel comfortable enough to tell other people, even if they just, judged me or whatever like at this point i don't really care right um because that's not that's not gonna affect you know what i mean yeah. and so i was telling her um this past week i was like hey i just wanted to tell you like thank you because the way that you were so open about because she was telling me that she's not always been so open mm-hmm. and i was like the way that you were open with me about um me telling you that I have anxiety, Mm -hmm. like it made me feel better about like being vulnerable enough to tell other people. Right. And so I think that is what I'm looking for. And I think that's what a lot of people are looking for when they are open up to people and they are like, Hey, I have anxiety or I have, you know, um, a drug addiction or I have, I'm, I am an alcoholic or Mm -hmm. whatever the case may be. I think people are looking for them to have an openness to not judge them so that they could possibly go get help. Well, I think I think that's that's what happens today is that's why people are are just so far distant. And it's like you're not willing to have tough conversations in the beginning and you want to put a mask on or put a facade on. And I feel like that's what happened to the other friend that you were talking about is like that person tried to be somebody for so long mm. that they weren't that hey, you found you here I am. Like oh, oh the mask is off now. Right. And I mean she literally 
could have been a completely, totally different person and then just showed her true colors because we live across the United States from each other. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the, that's the thing. It's like, we're, we're so vulnerable to not show our true colors and, and to, to put a mask on and put a facade on. Cause that's what basically what Instagram, Instagram is. We're, we're, we're made to do that in a way where we're not letting people see us for our true selves. And then when that happens is you're just delaying the inevitable of being found mm. out in the fraud. Cause that's what mm-hmm. happens like in movies and stuff. The person right. is trying to fake who they were Anna, the whole time. What is, is her name? Anna, Anna something. Remember the girl, the little oh, fraud yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, you put a facade on this whole time and Oh, she got away with it. Oh, it was real close. And you know, she got caught. So she changed this person, went to this person. And at the end, it's like, oh, you found that person's been the same person this whole time. Right. It's just she's been faking everybody out to yeah. really understand and not having conversations like that and not letting people in. And I think that's a true, like, discerning factor because you're not going to you're going to be the same person. Like, yeah. you're going to have your same things going on from relationship to relationship. Having those tough conversations, having those, those truthful moments to say, um, here's who I am. Here's my truth. Here's how I'm moving in this direction that's a good decider to say, do I want to spend time with this person or not? This right. is a good opportunity to say, does this person going to receive that and be open as well? Right. And cause you don't want to give so much and that person gives so little. Yeah. And that's tough because like, I think, I think what like led me to be like, I am not getting any more friends mm-hmm. after this happened is because I gave her, so much I gave her so much of me right you know what I mean like I put my all into this friendship Mm -hmm. and then on top of that gave her some very valuable things that were in my life Mm -hmm. and some things that I can't get back right um some things that are now hers and I wish that I could take those things back Mm -hmm. and I I'm thankful that those things helped her as a human, but I also like gave her some of the most valuable things that I'm making it sound like I gave her sex. I didn't give her sex, (laughs) (laughs) but I, I did like support her in the way that I would want to be supported. And my friend that I actually made up with, we had that conversation too, because I was telling her like, I'm always the friend that I would want to have. Mm -hmm. So if I bring something to you about that you've done, then I want us to be, you know, have that conversation or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she's very over communicative too. So she really wanted to talk it out. Yeah. And I was just like, no, like this thing happened and I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to get in her even, even further. So mm-hmm. I just like cut it off without allowing her to explain. And you know, I had to tell her like, yo, that's my fault. I apologize. Mm-hmm. Like, and she's like, I still want to be friends with you. And I'm like, Oh, okay. That's what's up then. Like, let, right. let's do that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a wild thing to be vulnerable with someone mm-hmm. and not know how they're going to react. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you can say anything as long as you say it in love. And that's, I think that's where we can kind of end this conversation is saying, if you don't have the words, continue to pray about it, continue to, to draw closer and talk to God. He'll give you the words. He'll give you the right opportunity. He'll give you a time slot to say, yeah, go to this person right now. Or yeah, that don't person, rush it. Yeah, don't have to, you don't have to do anything on your time. And that's your way, your avenue to, to gain the words. Like you don't have to rush and, and put a facade on to, to try to make up or anything. Like you can just be open and honest and say, I don't know what to say, but I have something to say. 
Right. A hundred percent. All right, guys. We'll see y'all in the next one. See you guys. You can follow us on Instagram at Marriage No Cap for inspiration to hold you over to the next episode. Feel free to anonymously submit your questions. Email us at marriagenocap at gmail.com. Until next time, guys. Peace easy. Oh my God. Turn the mic off.